Hi, so I'm glad you're here. Um, it's uh, Tisha Bhav, uh here in Los Angeles, and just wanted to say uh, just a few words over. Um, it's, I think, instructive to know um, the difference between the destruction of the first base of Migdash and the second base of Migdash, because it applies very much to to us and where we are today. So the first base of Migdash was destroyed because of three three kind of giant uh, wrongdoings on our part. Um, uh, murder, uh, idol worship, and uh, uh, sexual immorality uh, is, is how they're usually uh, translated into English. Um, and and what's, what's instructive about that sort of category of, of, of uh, you know, wrongdoing is, is that those all fall, all three of those things fall into the category of what's called Adam Lamakum, which is um, if you were to take the, all the uh, mitzvahs of the Torah, one of the main ways that people used to, to kind of organize them is, is two main categories. One are person to God uh, mitzvahs and person to person mitzvahs. So all three of those that I just mentioned are in the person to, to God category. And, and what's so interesting about that is that after the first Beis HaMikdash was destroyed because of that, um, 70 years later, all those things were forgiven. And that's, that's the, after the first Beis HaMikdash, the first Holy Temple was destroyed, the Jews went, were exiled into Babylonia, Babel. And then the, the whole um, Purim story takes place during that time. And then the Jews come back after 70 years and they rebuild the, the Holy Temple, the base of Migdash, which means that, well, 70 years is, is not a short period of time. You know, historically speaking, it's, it's pretty quick. And so you see that God forgave those, those wrongdoings pretty quickly. Um, whereas the second base of Migdash, the second Holy Temple was destroyed because of what's called sinas chinam, which means causeless hatred. That means hating each other for no reason. And what's so interesting about that is that falls into the category of person-to-person mitzvahs. And now it's been approximately 2,000 years, and, and we still haven't been forgiven for that. And, and in a way that's, you know, depressing, honestly, uh, in another way, though, there's something inspiring about it because it shows you that the ball is in our court and that it's, it's up to us to forgive each other. It's, it's up, for, uh, up to us to be able to rectify um, those sort of like um, those, those hateful dynamics that, that exist between us. That, that this is something that we can do. This is something that we can fix. Um, so, so let's just get into it a little bit on a practical level. <clears throat> what is what does it mean, uh, causeless hatred? It, it sounds very vague, and you know maybe a little bit hard to wrap your mind around. So, so let's just. I want to give an example where you can see it very concretely in our own lives. And now, 
imagine you have a friend and you know you're a very loyal friend you're a good friend to that 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 person so that, that, you know that that's a merit that, that that makes you a good person right so one of the ways that you want to be a good friend and a good person is everyone who your friend hates you hate too so I think if you, if you think about that for a moment, you, you know, you, you recognize that, wow, you know, I'm, I'd probably do that. And yeah, that, wow, that's, co- I'm, I'm doing causeless hatred. That, that is causeless hatred right there. Because those people that my friend hates that, or, or is angry at, whatever it is, they, they never did anything to me. So, so what business do I have having, having hatred in my heart for them? And you see, what's, 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 what's worse about it is that here we're doing something which is basically stopping the redemption. And we're, we think we're being a good person while doing it. This is really the heartbreaking aspect of it. Rabbi Nachman talks about this concept of something being hidden and then another level where the hiddenness is hidden. You see, when, where, when the hiddenness is hidden, that means you don't even know to look for it. If something's hidden, then you go, okay, it exists. Like I, I have to, if I'm going to find it, I have to look for it. But if the hiddenness is hidden, then you don't even know to look for it. So this idea that we're thinking that we're being a good person at the very moment that we're actually, you know, further sort of like entrenching the exile by, by hating people who, who never did anything wrong to us. This is, for, for many people, the hiddenness of this is hidden, meaning to say that we don't have insight into our behavior. But now we do. Now, now, now the thought is out there. Now, now, now we know this thing. So, so we, you know, a, a friend of mine once said something that made me laugh, and I think about it a lot. He says, he, he was talking about an argument between two people, and they came to him. And he said, my name is Paul, and that's between y'all. Meaning to say, you know what? I'm not getting involved in your fight. That's between the two of you. So, so if, you, if a person can make peace between two people, and they're coming to that person maybe to choose sides, you know, whatever it is, but you can turn it around and you can actually make peace between them, that's a very great mitzvah. That that's, brings peace into the world. That's a, that's a beautiful thing. But if you can't, at least don't join the hate party, Right? Now, there's a further extension of this, because when the rabbis explain that causeless hatred has gotten us into the present exile and keeps us in this present exile, um, then they also include the avera, the wrongdoing of Lashon Hara, which is, you know, an evil tongue. It's, It's misusing your power of speech. So the rabbis teach that when someone speaks Lashon Hara, three people die. The person speaking, the person who's spoken about, and then the person who hears what's spoken about. So it brings death to these three parties. So there are three things that a person can do when you're amidst, among people who are speaking Lashon Hara. One is just to leave. You just pick up you walk away, oh, I got to do something, oh, I got to text, oh, I got to make a call, oh, I got an appointment, whatever it is. And you, you know, you leave. 
Another thing you can do is you can change the subject. Oh, hey, has anyone seen the new, you know, whatever, fill in the blank, doesn't matter. Just trying to get them off the subject. Uh, another thing, and this is, has to be done with great wisdom, and because otherwise you can make things worse with this, is to try to say something positive or to try to defend the person. But that can actually cause a big argument and spread the hatred to you. So if you want to try to do that, you have to be very skillful with it because you don't want to do more harm than good. And now if none of these opportunities are available to you for whatever reason, Rabbi Nachman says that you have to concentrate on a good quality of the person who's being spoken against with every fiber of your being. You have to concentrate during that moment on a positive quality of that person who's being spoken against. So, so these are practical suggestions, not, not, not hating people for, for no reason, like, you know, and, and thinking you're being a good friend, not, not participating in, in Lashon Hara, in that, in that type of speech, and um, and then finally, I just want to share the following, which is that for a lot of people, they they, they have trouble mourning the Beis Hamikdash, the destruction of the Temple. It's just like, hey, I just can't relate to it, you know. Well, the Kutzker Rebbe says something. He says, if you can't cry over the Beis Hamikdash, at least cry over the fact that you can't cry over the Beis Hamikdash. In other words, at least realize how far away we are from from our relationship with it. And, and and then that can be the beginning of a connection. But do you know something? I think for a lot of people to even cry over the fact that we're not crying is would be a very high level. So I just want to take one one step backwards and just try to let us understand what is the base Hamigdash? So we know it's a place where we brought offerings and everything like this, and and we haven't done that for so long. It's so much not a part of our lives that that our inability to relate to it is is a big stumbling block for us. But like I said, I want to contextualize it and go one step back further, and just so we understand what the base hamigdash is, and then then we can newly appreciate it. I think the base hamigdash was the portal, the connection between heaven and earth. When Yosef is mourning with Benjamin, when they're reunited, they cry over each other's necks. And if you look at the Rashi there, it says that they're, why were they crying next to each other's necks? Because they were mourning the destruction of the Beis Hamikdash, which was in each of their territories, in Shiloh and in Yerushalayim. But again, we, we have to understand what that means. What, what, what do you mean the neck? Why, why on their necks? Because just like you have a head and you have a body, and your head is connected to your body through the neck, that's the base of Migdash. In other words, the head is like heaven and the body is like earth, and your neck is that portal connecting heaven and earth. That's what, that's what the base of Migdash did. That's what the Holy Temple did. It was the connection of heaven and earth. And, and, and the sign that heaven and earth are fully connected is that, is that the base of Migdash is standing and functioning. That's where the blessings came down from heaven through the base of Migdash. And where all the prayers and all the forgiveness when, and the atonement that we did went up to heaven. So it was this amazing 
this amazing interface, this amazing portal that we're missing right now. And that is, that is the project of the world to turn heaven into earth, to to turn earth into heaven, to unite them, to make one construct out of them. And we can't do that without the Beis HaMikdash. So when we're mourning the Beis HaMikdash, we're mourning the lack of perfection in the world, the fact that God created this world with something very specific in mind, and that thing hasn't happened yet. And that's what we were created to do. That's why each one of us has a soul and breath in our in our lungs, has a, you know, hands that feel and, and eyes that see, God willing. All of these things are just to accomplish that one thing. And if it's not here, then that means that the whole reason why God created the world, the whole reason why we're here, that we haven't been able to do it yet. So, so we need that. We need that in order to get our job done. We need that in order to fulfill God's vision for this creation that he made us partners with. So, so one final point. There's 613 mitzvahs, and more than half of them we can't even do without a, without a holy temple. So why? We, we, all we want to do is serve God. All we want to do is, is to do His will. So we, we say, God, let us, let us do your will. And, and, and God, it seems, is saying back to us, Hey, listen. First, first, first figure out how to be nice to each other. First figure out how to do that. And when you can figure out how to do those mitzvahs, then I'll give you the more mitzvahs. You know, there's a commandment not to hold a grudge. And one of Reb Shlomo's biggest teachings, one of was his own life, the way he modeled a, a holy life for us. And I can tell you as someone who was around him for 18 years, that he didn't have any anger in his heart. And he, he, really, he really taught the holiness of, of not having anger in your heart. And famously, one time he went, he was in, he arrived in Germany and, and television news cameras met him at the airport and and someone asked him, do you hate us? And he, he answered back, he said, you know, if I had two hearts, I could have one for loving and one for hating. He says, but I only have one heart, so I have to use it for loving. So, so th- we have to cleanse our hearts of anger. And a lot of us have been hurt and a lot of us are angry at other people and and so here's what to do with the anger here's here's my suggestion because we can't keep it in our hearts and we have a mitzvah not to keep it in our hearts so if there's someone who does wrong to you try to forgive them try to forgive them and if you've tried that and the anger is still in your heart after a period of time, then I would suggest the following. To go up to them, call them, write them, whatever it is, and I'm going to give you some sample dialogue here. Say, hey, you know something? This might sound so crazy, and you probably don't even remember this. 
And the reason to start that way is to take the pressure off and just to make not, you don't want to make that person feel defensive and, and everything like that. You want them to be open. So you make light of it at the top. You say, you know, I don't, I don't, you probably don't even remember this, and it's, it's probably even crazy I'm still thinking about it. But do you remember that time? And then you can fill in the blank. Where you said that thing, or you did that thing, or you promised you were going to do this. And then you say, just, I just wanted to follow up and check back in with you, and I was, I was just wondering, just, what were you thinking, or what's going on with that, or... Is that something that's still a possibility to do? And there's a good chance that that they forgot about it, or they, or they didn't know that their action impacted you in that way. And this gives them an opportunity and gives you an opportunity to make peace with them. And 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 understand the spirit that I'm saying this in. I'm not saying, oh, I've come up with a great new way for you to yell at another person who hurt you. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that this is a way where you can get the anger out of your heart and to give the other person an opportunity, maybe to do tshuva, maybe to apologize, maybe to do that thing that they promised that they may have forgotten about, and to restore some level of communication. Because this is the wall that's separating the redemption right now. The anger that we have in each other's hearts. The hatred that we have for no reason. This is, this is what we've got to get past. And I'll just throw in one more thing. Which is, again, on a practical level. What we, what we want to do is is get rid of all these walls in in the most positive way and um you know it's so easy to have a bad eye for another person and a bad eye usually comes from jealousy because they have something that you don't have and rip shlomo translated jealousy in the in the deepest 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 way he said jealousy is thinking that someone else has your portion. In other words, and this is the illogic of the heart, the illogic of the heart, because it's not rational. You think, that person took my wife, or that person took my husband, or that person has my kids, or that person, right? That's my house, right? So what's the antidote of that? First of all, you should understand that there's no shortage of blessings in the world. There's no shortage of blessings. If I don't have a Ferrari, it's not because God ran out of Ferraris. All right? That guy didn't take my Ferrari. Not that I want a Ferrari, but I'm just telling you, there's no shortage of blessings in the world. God can do anything and God can give you anything. So if you don't have it and someone else does, it's not because that person took it from you. All right? So the antidote to that is having joy in other people's joy. 
That's, that's the biggest thing. And, and Reb Shlomo says that if you can't take joy in another person's joy, you don't know the definition of joy. And so that, that's number one, to, 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 to be able, you see, and, and you have to understand something. We all share the same soul. We're all one family. So if someone, if someone gets something and it's a, or has an occasion or it's like a good thing, that that's your happy occasion also. That's a, that's that's the thing because we're all we're one soul. And you know, when whenever I talk to couples getting married, I always tell them there's no such thing as I anymore. I is we from now on, and that's true for us on on. On the national level, too. I is we. It's one soul. Something good happened to you? Something good happened to me. Your, your joy is my joy. That's, that's, that's what it is. And, and you know something? Then we actually make ourselves a vessel to receive more blessing and more joy. And the other thing is just, you know, a lot of times we get excited about things and we don't think about, and we go ahead and we do it, we don't give a thought before we do something. How is this going to affect the people around me? So I think with those things, if we can get rid of the causeless hatred, if we can get rid of the anger in our heart, if we can take joy in other people's joy, and if we can just take a moment before we do something to ask ourselves, how is this going to affect the people around me? then I can't imagine that Hashem is not going to bring the Gula Shlema, the redemption. And to remember something very, very important and fundamental. The redemption is God's idea. It's not our idea. It's God's idea. God wants it. God is the one who came up with it from the beginning of creation. Remember the seventh day of creation, when human beings were created, that was supposed to be the first Shabbos was supposed to be the the era of, of, of Yom Shekulo Shabbos, the day that will be all Shabbos, the Messianic era, the period of perfection. So God's been waiting to bring this since the beginning of time, literally. Since before creation, literally. It's God's idea. God wants this. And he's just waiting for us. So please, God, bless us that we should be able to to live, to live all of these ideas in the most beautiful way, to give you the most nachas ruach, the most pleasure, and, and that we should be able to see the completion of the world for your namesake.